I am not in an ambient-induced funk, so I'm ready to go this morning. <laughs> um, so my name is Timothy. If you don't know who I am, I work with middle school and high school students here at Vintage. And uh, this is a great day because we get to recognize some of the folks who graduated this year Woo-hoo. and will be going on to their next stage, work, military, college, whatever. So we're going to take a second, and we're going to hear from them for just a little bit, and then we're going to pray for them. Um, just bless them, love them a little bit. So if you graduated this year, I want you to come up here. Even if you like, even if you've never seen me before, just go ahead and come up here. Like if, if you graduated, yeah, come up. good job, Brooks. God, this is a, look at this group. This is such a good group. So yeah, spread out. I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start down here. You you are a physical specimen. Do you know that? Oh my God, Palmer Fields. Intimidating as ever. Um, so here's what I, here's what What's it, it was that funny. I promise. Um, I like how y'all automatically sit down. I've, I've taught them to be taught them to be casual. Like you know, life's a party. Sit down when you can. Uh, I literally just thought of that. You're welcome. Uh, man, this whole one service deal is great, isn't it? We're just having a good time. It's like a family party. Oh, Tiff Tufford is over there just having a great time. Anyway, um, so here's what we're gonna do. I want you to say your first and last name, uh, and then here are the two questions I want you to answer, all right? What has Vintage meant to you? What has been the most meaningful thing about Vintage in this past season of your life, so high school, up, since you've been here, whatever? And then in the next season of your life, whatever you're going to do, what is the thing that you're going to like take with you that's going to be like the meaningful thing for your next season from Vintage? Does that make sense? I texted you like four days ago, so y'all should know this. <laughs> so we're going to start right here with Palmer Palm Tree Fields. Oh, Tim already said it. I'm Palmer Fields. Um, I think the thing that I'll take away most, um, I think has been like the most impactful about Vintage, has been the friends that I've made and the community that I've been able to be a part of um, and just the relationships that I've cultivated over the years. Uh, I know everybody up here, and we're all pretty close. Um, I think that's the thing that I'll take away. And um, I think going forward to the next stage of my life, I think uh, the most important thing would be the knowledge of a new trajectory um, through a life in Christ and the community and support to help me get there. So just so you all know, occasionally the senior guys and I uh, have spend the night parties, like bros nights we call them, so we don't have to call them slumber parties. what it is and occasionally we come up here to vintage and move everything out of the foyer and put one of those small basketball goals on the door so if you ever come in on a sunday you've noticed like way more scuff marks than usual you're welcome um but palmer is like an absolute monster at small goal basketball like i almost broke my thumb trying to block a dunk one time it was terrible anyway so don't let the nice articulate exterior fool you he's a savage on the court (laughs) my name is simian Bueller, and uh I would say the thing that I've been most impacted by is Timothy, probably. Um, The way he's invested in us over the past two or three years. Um, I love you too, man. Um, You know, I know there's not a lot of youth pastors that will just invite a bunch of their students over and have us spend the night. We've done it like ten times in the past year. Um, And he just takes us on a lot of trips, and he actually cares about how we're doing. I know we've had several small groups on uh, Sunday nights where everyone in the group is crying, and it's just like the best thing ever. So thank you for all that, Timothy, and everything you do. And then probably the thing that I'll take away to college and everything is probably just the heart of vintage. I feel like a lot of time vintage doesn't think about vintage. 
um, they like to think about people outside. And um, I think that's really something that churches need to do more in America these days. And um, I think they're really good at outreaching and um, going out and, you know, with all the foster care stuff that we do and um, just really caring about people outside and trying to bring them to Christ. So, yeah. That was good. I'm Alexis Perkins, and um, she just had her wisdom teeth out, so she might be rambling a little bit. taken out um but something that i think has really impacted me has been um the people like being able to look up to just amazing people and having that um just role model from everyone and just seeing like what i want in my future what i want like who i want to be as a christian um how i want to hold myself to a certain standard um most of my leaders are amazing and all of them. <laughs> All of my leaders. Let's uh, point the ones out who aren't great, Alexi. <laughs> All of my leaders are amazing. <laughs> um, but they really are, and it's just so amazing just to have someone to look up to and someone to, like, keep you accountable for. And then what I want to bring out onto the world, leaving and graduating, is just love. Just to love people and just to be able to accept everyone just while like I've been accepted here and just to be able to just love on everyone that I know. So yeah. Hello, Brooks Killam, Altoona High School. Um, uh, my favorite thing about youth group, um, it's, I hate to say it, but it is, it is the friendships and bonds. Um, and there is a reason that all three of us said that um, because we got so tight and close within the past, what, two or three years? And it's been the same five guys that have come each Sunday. We, If one person misses, we all text them and say, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we got work, sorry, or something like that. But everybody came almost every Sunday. And we just, we got so tight, and these are my brothers, and I love them, and uh, I would do anything for them. And the thing I'm taking on, uh, one of the most memorable um, sermons I've ever heard was when Timothy uh, told us, don't just take up space. And um, so that is going to be my goal, not to just take up space. Uh, my name is Megan Williams. Um, I think one of the things I'm going to take away the most out of Vintage Youth is probably the advice that y'all have given me. It's been really helpful. And I'm going to, like, I'm, I literally remember everything y'all have ever said to me. Um, what I'm going to take away going on into my next chapter of life is just all the advice y'all have given me and all my friendships that I've made here. Okay, Megan. 
I'm Emily Robertson. Uh, um, and I guess vintage has been really meaningful to me because I moved here just a year ago, and it's given me, it's been God's provision for me for a community of people to, who love Jesus too and to surround me and support me and encourage me. And my favorite thing apart about like being a part of vintage has been being a part of the youth and a part of high school bible study has meant a lot to me and like just being able to like dig deeper in the word and learn more about jesus it's always good and what i'm going to take away from vintage is um what i've learned here is like how like you can practically love the world around you and like you don't have to wait till you're given a platform or until like you reach a certain place in your life, but you can just love everyone around you wherever you go. And yeah. Awesome. So I want to pray for these guys in a second, but before we do, as whatever this meaningful moment is for you guys, like kind of what Brooks was saying, like, I just want to tell y'all, um, don't settle in the next phase of your life. Um, you can go as far and as fast as you want to. Um, Jesus offers you a lot. And so here's the deal for y'all. Like, I, I pretty much know that every single one of y'all, apart from any influence outside, I mean, y'all are just going to end up good. All right? Like, y'all are going to be great folks. Y'all are going to be good people. Y'all are going to get good jobs and have good families and do all that other stuff. And so I think it would be a sin to settle for that. So don't settle for, for mediocrity. Like, don't settle for just being good settle for don't don't do that go for god's best for you um because there's a lot of ways that we can settle and like brooke said just kind of take up and just exist and god has called you to life at its highest level not just to exist so every moment in the next chapter of your life like pursue god's best and don't settle good awesome can we have can we come up and pray all right so here's the deal Um, if you want to come up and pray for them, kind of like when we do like mission trip teams and stuff, let's come up and pray for them. So family, whoever, you don't necessarily have to know them or whatever, but if you just want to come up and pray, y'all can come up and pray for them. Yeah. And I would say just along with Timothy, you might say this, but just if, as you're gathering around them, if you feel like God just speaks a word that you want to share with them or a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge, whatever it may be, um, take some time to show the Lord to have you share that and then share that with them um, before you. Head on back. All right, so we'll just go for a little while. Y'all pray for them, and then I'll close us out in about 35 seconds. Ready? Go. So, Jesus, thank you so much for each one of these kids. I love them so much, and so I can't imagine how much you love them, and I pray that they would sense your love and pleasure over them. They would sense your deep, deep pleasure over them, that they would hear you say that you're my child. I love you. I'm proud of you. I pray that they wouldn't feel any anxiety, any pressure, any of that stuff as they move on, that they would just sense you leading them into exactly what you have. 
So, Jesus, I, I really do. I pray that they know how much you love them, and I really pray that they know how much Vintage loves them. I pray they know how supported they are. I pray they know how much of a platform we have for them to just catapult into their next season of life. So I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and your power and your grace. Give them everything they need to thrive, to excel, to move forward, and to gain ground. So, Jesus, thank you so much for them. It's a privilege to know them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Hey, good job. Hey, Becky. Do me a favor. Make sure Randall stays awake when I'm preaching. Thanks, man. We love Aunt Becky. All right. So if you have not, um, yeah, so let's do this real quick. Um, so let's do this in a second. I'm going to turn some music on like when I, when I pray. Um, so here's what we're going to do. So we just heard this morning about this, you know, what God's been doing in our seniors. Uh, these are the great group of kids. If you don't know them well, you've got a short period of time before they leave to go off somewhere. So get to know them a little bit. Uh, but we love them, and, uh, and we love our youth, and we love our children. And so we said a couple of weeks ago, uh, last week was our picnic, but two weeks ago we said, hey, this is going to be a morning we take up an offering. And I want you to hear this. Our offering is going towards camps. We do a, a kids' camp. And we do a youth camp and instead of like, you know, coming up every week and having these different fundraisers, we're asking you to give. We simply said, hey, would you step aside with the Lord and say, God, how would you have me invest into our children by bringing an offering to the Lord on behalf of our children for the camp that they're going to? We believe in our camps. You can we're here today. If you don't know our story, 50 years and more, a camp's been happening for youth and it literally launched a church planting network and it's why we're here today and so we believe the that god moves in the context of camps how many of you have ever been to a camp in your life it's actually positively impacted you right about changing your life put your hands high don't be afraid to put your hands up thank you so god really does god uses all things he definitely uses camps and so what i'm going to do is this i'm going to begin to pray in a second and we're going to put some music on and we're simply going to ask that you would come up right here in these our offering baskets i know oh my gosh i get it I have to get up and move it's okay but we're asking this morning that you would bring your offering above and beyond your tithes, your offerings, whatever you have for vintage, but that you would come this morning and worship before the Lord to bring an offering on behalf of camps. Okay. So I'm going to pray for us. So we're going to take a couple of minutes and I'm just going to pray. You don't, don't make it awkward. You can close your eyes. You're not having to watch people and stuff. I know like the lights are on, Steve. How do I walk forward? You can do it. I promise. Right. And so let me pray for us in this and, uh, Again, you can, I will say, just so you know, on your PushPay app that you may have downloaded, there literally is a section on there for camps, okay? If you'd rather do that, if you want to go go to your app, you can do that, and there's a place to do that on your phone. So, Or you can come up here and bring your offering to these baskets, and then our offering people will come in a bit and take that back to the, to the office. All right, so let's pray, and you come. As the Lord leads, Father, uh, we thank you for what you're doing uh, in our children's lives here at Vintage. God, I thank you for the testimony of our youth. God, for over several years, Jesus, that you brought them here, that you spoke into them. 
and that, Father, you took them deeper with you, that you put them in, you say you put the lonely in family. You love family. You love community. That, Father God, you took them deep with you as you took them and you had them go upward in relationship with you. Now, thank you for Simeon's word, that a real clear expression that, that even recognizing we are a people who go outward. And, God, today we are commissioning them out to go as missionaries. But I pray, Father, that today that you would move in us, God, because we want to take these camps and then everything after camp. God, to then take our children deeper. God, so that they can be in relationship with you, in relationship with one another, so that they are then empowered and to live their life on mission every single day. The testimony of our youth would not be that they go and kind of fall away like college students do or college-aged people do, but they stepped away to become ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, in this offering we take up this morning, we just pray, Jesus, that you would move. And, that, Father God, you would multiply it for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you come and bring your offering as the Lord leads. Us all come at one time, so it's not awkward for the one person who comes. And, uh, yes. If you don't come forward, I'm totally judging you. Just kidding. If you're not ready now, there are in those baskets. Let's take those baskets and pass them, pass them back down. And if there are envelopes, and you can just mark it youth camp on there if you want to, if you want to give later. If you're not quite ready. going to be quick. Y'all know me. I'm not a quick person. So I have a mother who's 105 and she lives with me. Yesterday morning, our caregiver did not show up. And typically she gets there at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm shaking all over because I didn't know if I was supposed to do this. I got to sit down like Timothy said. Um, anyway, so I picked up my little devotional, Jesus Calling. You know, I read it and then I read the scripture afterwards. And what it said was, and this is before I even went downstairs to see Mom, um, it says, welcome every trial as an opportunity to be blessed. Well, I thought, yeah, right, so I'm going to go down there. Uh, Mom is 80, uh, probably about 82 pounds, a bag of bones. If you've ever tried to pick up a child who just goes dead weight, and they only weigh 30, you know how heavy that is? 
And I've always said, I cannot lift you, Mom. I cannot do this. Well, so I continued to read, and uh, the words, and you all know the scripture, but I'm just going to paraphrase, is that I am with you, I'm beside you, I am in you, and I will provide what you need, and I will help you accomplish what you need to get accomplished. You can handle anything that is happening today. A few minutes later, I hear my mother calling. She had to get up. Still no caregiver. And I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Well, I said, no, 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 no. And y'all, I'll just confess it before believers because I think you're supposed to do this. I have a real issue with trust. Trust, just trust. I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about, well, God, you said this. I'm trying to trust you. I don't know how. Well, yesterday, I didn't have a choice. I just had to because I had to go get her up. So I go downstairs, and she has been off the chain, as the people say, um, for about four days. I went downstairs. Um, She sat up. With no assistance, she turned her body toward me. She said, if I can just scoot to the edge of this bed. I said, okay, all right. She scooted to the edge of the bed, put her feet on the floor, which she has not done that for weeks because she says she can't. And um, I just said, okay, God, you said, so here we go. We're going to do this thing. So I put my hand under her arm, which those of you who know my mother, you cannot touch anywhere near her arm. She has very severe arthritis. So I reached under her arm. She put weight on her feet. She held on to her walker, which she has not used in months. And I just stood beside her. And she moved her feet. And she got to... I'm sorry, her potty chair. Sorry if that bothers you, but that's just the way it is. And she sat down, and she did what she needed to do. And when it was all said and done, I said, okay, Mom, now we got to get up. She said, okay. Which, that has not been the case for months either. And um, she got up, and all I was doing was just giving her a little bit of boost. She held on to her walker. We scooted back around. She goes, oh, I just got to take a nap. So she did. So anyway, I'm telling you this. And you've seniors, I don't know where you are now, but um, you're going off. And I hope that you remember, not me, but the story that God is very faithful. He, he can be trusted. He will give you what you need. And, you know, sometimes you just got to let go. And I hate that expression, let go and let God. But I don't mean that. I just mean to believe it and move forward and rest in it. Because I think that's the first time, maybe the first time in my whole life that I have honestly just said, I can't do any. There's nothing I can do. I don't have a caregiver to help me. So, and if you know my mother, Randy could not help because it would mean she's got enough she would be humiliated. So I hope that encourages somebody today. Good. Let's give her a
All right. Let's take a moment and pray this morning. I just feel like that's a word for somebody. And so I just want to pray over you. Um, and so if you would just bow your heads. This is it's God speaking this word of trust, trusting him, faithfulness into you. I just want to encourage you to right now kind of an idea of putting your hand to saying, God, I, I, I give these things to you that I don't that I have a hard time trusting in general, even in trusting you. And let's just pray for grace. And so, Father, we praise you this this morning for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your grace, Jesus, that God continues to move and to woo us to yourself, God, that continues to draw us into a, a relationship of trust. I pray this morning for those who struggle with trust in general, specifically in trusting you because they've been wounded, because they've been hurt, because of whatever in life. I just pray, Jesus, for breakthrough this morning. I pray that you would break through in the area of trust, that, God, you would awaken them to your faithfulness, that you would awaken trust inside of them, God, that your spirit is already moving in this way. And we pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. We pray for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to dive in. Just let you know, we're kind of pressing pause just a little bit this morning. Uh, We've been looking at 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, and all of chapter 13, kind of building this foundation, Paul's words in the context of, 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 of saying, hey, you have this ideology, this theology, this expression in the area of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're in error. And so he came and said, we need to we need to teach, dismantle some thinking and some thoughts so we can bring you to right thinking so that your expression then can be accurate. It can be healthy. It can be holy. And so if you were to take the last uh, last four or five weeks and kind of boil it all down, we said in the idea of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the idea of the church, the body of Christ, there's no such thing as spiritual elitism. Right. As we look around in the eyes of God, we're, you know, it's like my kids, Anna, Catherine and Sarah. They're both my favorites. Right. Like I can look at and say, you're my favorite. And it doesn't hurt Sarah's feelings. But I say you're my favorite. Right. Just the nature of it. So in the context of relationship with father, there's this beautiful expression that that he loves us. Right. That he's for us and he's moving. And, and in the context then of this affection from the father. That there's no elite. He looks and says, I just love you. I'm, I'm for each of you. And so as we look at the body of Christ, again, there's no spiritual elitism. We said that there are no gifts that are, quote, unquote, better than others. In the Corinthian church, they put a high, high premium on the gift of tongues. Specifically, it was the sign of, of the elite. And Paul's going to say, no, that's just not accurate, right? And so he comes and begins to say the true and the most excellent way, the foundation for you, the thing that you give your primary pursuit and your energies to is this nature of God's love, right? That he, he loves us when we experience. Experience the fullness of his love, then we find ourselves wanting to express his love, right? If I experience the fullness of something, I can't help but share it. I can't help but express it. And the idea is that, that this nature then of God loving is that he then loves through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? The movement of his spirit. Look at the life of Jesus. We said he expressed all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The only one we don't know for sure that he expressed was the gift of tongues. But scripture's silent, so we don't make an argument out of silence, right? We don't know if he did or not. He may have. We just don't know. 
but he expressed all of the others in his life. It's the way that he loved people. And so he said, we want to be a people who so who wholeheartedly experience the love and the faithfulness and the compassion and the mercy and the justice and the discipline of our good, good father. And when we do that, then all of a sudden we find ourselves compelled to love others. And when we feel compelled to love others, then the gifts of God's spirit flow in a very healthy way. They're not clinging gongs or resounding cymbals, right? They're not nothing as Paul talked about in chapter 13, but they're grounded in the fullness of his love. And so this morning we've laid this foundation. If you have not heard those messages, please go and listen to them because it lays this foundation I would say this, this is a personal opinion in theory, but I think so much of our personal tension and frustration in life is not because of circumstances around us, but it's this disconnect that we have with God that allows this, the portal of God's grace to flow into us and out of us. Like, I don't know about y'all, but when I lead someone to Jesus through the gift of evangelism, because I can't lead anybody to Jesus. I need Jesus to do it. And when I do, what happens? It's like something comes alive inside of you and his gifts flow. Can I get an amen? I don't ever do that. That's fun. Man, that was awesome. And so in that, right, I want us to see this morning that God's desire in all of this is to awaken us first to who he is and how he expresses himself in our life. And in this, that we're then compelled to love others, which then allows the gifts to be active and to be holy and to be healthy. This morning, let's go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. We've already looked, we've already we dug into these for about two or three weeks. So this morning, I'm going to kind of press pause on diving deep into Scripture, right, and the idea of like kind of going verse by verse. And I'm going to press pause this morning. We're going to lay the foundation for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And let me just kind of tell you where we're going to end. Graham, you ready for this? I'm going to, so you can go take a nap. Elizabeth, you can. You're kind of get your head down, right? No, I want you to listen to where we're going so you can know now and you can think about what we're going through. All I'm going to ask you to do this morning is this. I want you to listen I want you to listen to the things that God is speaking, and then I want you to take what we talk about this morning, and I want you every day in this love and affection of God loving you and speaking and doing life with you, have a conversation with Him in the context of your time in Scripture, your time in prayer, your time in worship, your time driving down the road, your time in the bathroom, whatever it is, and just listen to God. Have His ongoing interaction about the movement of God's Spirit, specifically what He wants to empower you with and awaken you to what he thinks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's just be honest. It doesn't really matter what I think. Like, I could sit up here for the next three hours and teach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and try to woo you into belief, into something. And it doesn't really matter. What it really matters is you take what's said and you go and say, Now, God... Tell me what you think. 
And so this morning, that's what I'm asking, that you're now preparing yourself to listen and to create questions that empower your own time with Jesus. Because I do believe that when you go to the Lord and say, God, you have good gifts for me because you love me, because you love people and you want to love them through me. So, God, let's dismantle my own personal theology and thoughts that I've created for myself that kind of insulate me in my own thinking and allow you to puncture that to allow your thoughts to come in. So all that, that, that it's real simple. I just want you to go be with Jesus this week. Talk to him about the gifts, read from scripture and just see what he has to say. I gave you a cheat sheet. Everybody pull out your cheat sheet. Do you see that, that thing? It has like the, the master list of gifts and definitions, right? I only have one page, but you have, it should be double sided for y'all. Don't look at it right now. But I want you to have it. This is it has scripture in here that talks about these gifts. You can go through and read. That can be your quiet time or your time with Jesus, whatever time you call it this week. All right. So we're going to dive in this morning and uh, just kind of give you some thoughts. So let's read first Corinthians chapter 12 verses one through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Do you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols? However, you were led there. I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We've already talked about these verses. Verse four. Now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and every one. Verse seven, kind of this, this like key verse here, kind of a linchpin for the, for the previous verses and the verses that follow to each, to each one of us, to each one of them is given the manifestation of the spirit we talked about this for the common good, right? For the common good of those inside the church and outside the church. For to one is given to the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to the gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions, who are chooses to give out by grace to each one individually as he wills and he chooses. Okay? So let's dive. We've already looked at all these verses before previous weeks, but let's dive in. I'm going to pull just a couple of things out of here. First Corinthians 12, 1 says, uninformed. Uninformed. So I will say this. I believe in the body of Christ in the Western church. I believe that we are primarily uninformed. This is the same word as Ignorant, uninformed or ignorant in the verses here, when Paul is is speaking to the Corinthians, the ignorance that they're embracing is in the realm of the proper use of the gifts. We talked about this, right? This understanding of how we use them, how they're supposed to flow, how we express them. There was no ignorance for them of the actual gifts themselves because they are so active and so prevalent 
in all of their gatherings, their ignorance is they don't know how to do it in a Christ-like way. They're not doing it in the most excellent way, grounded in 1 Corinthians 13, in this foundation of love. So basically, the gifts are being used, we talked about, in a real personal gratification, personal exaltation, right, and selfishness, and there's no selflessness. There's no expression of it in the context of loving others. And so he's saying, you know all about them. You're not ignorant about them. You're ignorant about the expression of them. But I don't know about you, but, but when I talk to people, there seems to be, and I don't mean an ignorant here, an uninformed is not some sort of condescending type, condemning type language. He's just saying, okay, so let's just assume that you don't know the right way. I want to spend time and teach you the right way. Right? It's not condescending. So if I say the word ignorant, they go, oh, he just called me ignorant. No. Well, maybe, but in a nice way. Right? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with ignorance. You just don't know. And so I, I look at the, you know, as I've been reading, and I, I, Timothy Keller has this great four-page thing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to look at it. But it's, you can go online to just type in Timothy Keller and gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's fantastic. But, we, but he and I agree. No, this idea that there's this lack of information, this lack of being informed, there's this lack of awareness. About the gifts, there's this ignorance. So for us, it's not just in how they're supposed to flow. I mean, honestly, look at, listen to all of our youth. What they say? I just want to go and express the love of God and love every single person where they are. Like, this is the piece they're walking with. We've done a great job teaching the most excellent way. Timothy's done a great job teaching the most excellent way. They're leaving this understanding of this foundation the Corinthians missed in the context of love. But I would say that for most of us and a lot of us, there is an extreme unawareness and ignorance to the actual gifts themselves. Like if I sit here and say, I speak in tongues, in the gift of tongues. And some of you go, oh my gosh, he's weird. What does he mean by that? Does he speak in German? Yes, reckon he Deutsch? Is that a good? No, man, it's like this, this thing. And so there's this ignorance. Like, how many of us, if I talk about, okay, the gift of prophecy is going to flow this morning. And she goes, go, oh, where's he going with this one, right? It's nervousness. There's this lack of knowledge, this, this ignorance. We're unfamiliar with the gifts. And the idea is simple. If we don't know something exists... If we don't know something exists or never had it explained or modeled for us, then that thing is difficult to understand and seems very foreign, doesn't it? Like if I talk about riding an auto rickshaw in the downtown section of Bangalore, India, with all the cows and the trash cans and the poor and street, all the people in the streets, not talk about that. That you're like, you can kind of get a, oh, I don't quite understand that. But man, if you've done it, you're like, oh my gosh, the smells, right? Oh my gosh, the mass of humanity. Oh my, like, you just have, it's like different. It's one thing, like, uh, to, oh, I've experienced. And so for us, I feel like so often, a lot of times with the gifts, they're unfamiliar because we're not sure they exist. We've never had it explained or modeled for us. Therefore, it's difficult to understand and it seems very foreign. 
This is the idea of my, 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 what I believe people's experience is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in these gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have never seen the gifts in action. We've never seen them modeled. We've never had healthy teaching. Or if we have seen them modeled, for those who have been in the hyper-charismatic movements, man, people like, just like Corinth, they abuse people with them. And then they run from them. But if we've ever experienced the gifts, like the gift of administration, if you're not administrative, you go, thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. We love the gifts. And so in this, I want you to recognize there's this idea of unfamiliar and unfamiliar also, the word can also lead to another word, weird, right? People think the gifts of the Holy Spirit are weird. So we have to differentiate. There are two types of weird in the world. There's freaky weird, and then there's unfamiliar weird. Like in the context of the vein of food, think about freaky weird. If I said, I love eating nails. That's just a little freaky weird. You're like, why? Ah, oh, right? Or if I say to you, unfamiliar with, I love turnip greens, right? It's like, that just sounds strange. It's a little unfamiliar, weird, or freaky, weird. I like drinking vinegar. Why? Nobody likes drinking. That's so weird. Versus unfamiliar, weird. like, I really love drinking flat Coke, right? You shouldn't do that, but it's so good. That's just unfamiliar to me, right? Or freaky, weird, like, I like eating dirt. Don't do that. Some people are like, I just like eating horse meat. I mean, do you see what I'm getting at? Like, you're like, that's just unfamiliar, weird. It's not freaky, weird. Don't give me that, right? But my point in this is when we talk about the gifts, there's this idea of freaky, weird, and the idea of unfamiliar, weird. And I'm coming and saying the context of these gifts is we really dive into them. I'm asking you to kind of let your guard down. Say, God, they're freaky, weird. Makes you go, oh, nails, oh, right? Don't do that, dirt, oh. Unfamiliar goes, Really? Okay, tell me more about this. And that's the idea this morning as we dive into these verses coming up in the upcoming weeks. We dive really wholeheartedly in chapter 14 in the upcoming weeks. I want us to, we're pressing pause to go, Jesus, hear this. This is really important. I trust you enough, as Sylvia talked about, I trust you enough to let my guard down, to even take my own personal theology that makes me feel safe and I have control of it and say, here's my own personal theology that you can speak into, Jesus, in my belief structure around the gifts. Don't ever kind of waver on Jesus Christ is Lord, the only way to get to heaven type stuff, right? But these things run our, our beliefs around the gifts. Allow God in this season to say, God, in a safe place before you, would you speak exactly what you think and what I need to know in the area of these gifts, Lord? The idea is simple, and this is on the screen. Just because something is foreign to us or something we haven't seen or experienced doesn't mean it doesn't exist or is freaky weird. It's just unfamiliar. And Paul's language is clear here about our unfamiliarity with the gifts. Do not be unaware and do not be ignorant. And so in this, 
Let's define them this morning. It's not a, it's not a hard definition of the, of, the, of the gifts and the purpose of the gifts. <clears throat> Spiritual gifts defined as this. A supernatural. They say supernatural. That means it's not natural. Right? It's Jesus natural. It's supernatural, which means you don't have control. We can all press pause and go, oh, that's the reason I struggle with the gifts, because I like having control as a human being. Right? We like having control of things. We like being able to make things happen. We like to produce things. But this is Jesus saying, actually, I'm in control. They're supernatural. So it's a supernatural enabling of the Holy Spirit. Take a picture of this one with your phones, guys, and study this definition, which equips a Christian for his or her work of service and ministry. I mean, that's powerful. Supernatural enabling of the Holy Spirit. Something he does. God does this, which equips a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, for his or her work of service and ministry. Tim Keller, he literally defined it the exact same way, very similar. Then he says this, the bottom line is that every Christian in the ministry or in ministry, excuse me, let's say it again. The bottom line is that every Christian is in ministry to the church. No one is merely a consumer of services. Everyone is a distributor, is a contributor. Everyone's involved. Everyone's in ministry. Everyone's in service of Jesus in the context of the body of Christ. Everyone's in service of Jesus out Side the body of Christ. So I'm going to read that again. I want you to see it, right? A supernatural enabling of the Holy Spirit, which equips a Christian for his or her work of service and ministry, because the bottom line is that every Christian is in ministry through the church, through the body of Christ. No one is merely a consumer of services. May church die to consumerism. Please don't ever come here just to receive, check off your box, and then go home. Don't even come. Go listen to a podcast. Listen to the myriad of preachers on television. And sit there in your pajamas and drink coffee. It's a lot easier. You get to Steve and be like environmentally friendly and not use gas. No, we come to be together as one, as the body, not to be consumers. Why? Because we're in full-time ministry, in service to Jesus, when we walk in the door and when we walk out of the door. And this is what Jesus is saying. You're going to be terrible at this. (laughs) And your natural strength that you try to control. You need the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Why do you think I sent him in the first place? Just to get to hang out and say, Holy Spirit, man, we're BFFs. Woo, we hang out have a great time together. No. He says, I want to empower and enable you in full-time ministry every day of your life. Exercise the gifts that I've given you and distribute them to people as they have need. And as God leads you in that. So in this kind of definition and purpose, I want you to think there are three types of things that that God does in our lives that sometimes we get mixed up. And it's in the talents, it's in the gifts, and it's in this idea of, uh, of, of the gifts of the spirit. Talents, the fruit, and the gifts of the spirit. Okay, so go ahead and put that on the screen. I think I have it up there. 
talents, fruit, and the gifts. Talents, when you were born, you were better at things than me. Right? Where did it come from, Steve? It came from God, ultimately. Like, he put these innate abilities, these talents inside of you. They really are from him, but they were, they were given to you before when you were born. So you just had these natural talents. Second thing is the fruit of the Spirit. It refers to kind of who we are, our spiritual quality of life. And so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, on and the line, right? There's this fruit of Jesus. When, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, then all of a sudden this expression of who we are changes. And we're now are to be known as those who are loving, right? Compassionate, all patient, on down the line. These are kind of who we are. This is what emanates from us. I'll just be honest. So I would challenge you this. It's hard, it's hard to understand how people view you. Like, you ever said that, Randall, I'll talk about all the time. Like, man, how do people, how do they view us, right? Have you ever thought about that? Like, how do I come across? When people are around me, what, what emanates from me, right? But I would, say, I would challenge you this week to be aware of what emanates from other people, like, do you get around people and when you get with them, you like, and you don't know why? I mean, do you get people just want, like, want to hang out with you? Do you get people just want, like, just want to be around? You don't care if you talk. I mean, it'd be great to go fishing with them, right? But it means like you don't have to talk or do anything. Like you could just, and you're just like, oh, I just feel like a better person. Because the Holy Spirit's emanating from them with love, joy, it's who they are. Then you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So be aware of that this week, right? And the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This relates to, quote, unquote, what we do. Not earning grit, salvation. Not trying to earn something. Like, it's like action, right? It's what we express in our life, right? Ways God equips us for service to God and our service of ministry. And this is this part. The fruit is kind of who we are, what emanates. The gifts are the things that we do, an expression of love for those that God loves outside of our lives and selflessness, right? We are loved. We are then compelled then to love others. And the gifts of the Spirit are the primary way that Jesus expressed His love to everyone is around woman at the well has a word of knowledge get the discernment what's going on in her life oh perceive you're a prophet yes i am i have the words to eternal life gifted evangelism all flowing at one time oh so good jesus thank you for modeling for us what it looks like the gifts flowing and power the gifts listen are works of god's grace not our ability what we express in moments where God wants to intervene supernaturally. And herein lies the heart of the gifts. You can't produce them. You can't make them happen. They are a work of God's spirit and God's spirit alone. It's why if they are unfamiliar, it's why they're unfamiliar. It's why they are freaky weird to some of us. We can't make them happen or control them. Because they're a work of God's Spirit. And if we're honest, I want you to hear this. The great, one of the great tensions is that we've yet to learn. I'm pausing dramatically so you'll pay attention. Just letting you know how that works. <laughs> they're a work of God's Spirit. 
And we've yet to learn how to relinquish control in our lives to Jesus to allow him to fully move in and through us. Like when you go be with Jesus this week, just ask him, so Jesus, what, how do you think I'm doing in relinquishing control in my life? Like, ask him, God, how do you think I'm doing in relinquishing control in every area of my life? to you the gifts of the spirit flow as we relinquish control are allowed to move supernaturally the third piece in this for us is just what are the gifts what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit Steve and what do they look like well they're all in scripture I gave you this master list of definitions can you hand me one of those thanks man there's others down there for you I made them just for you hey Ron alright so pull it out real quick start on the side that says master list first side. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to go through this list and I'm going to, I'm just going to read through them. I'm not going to read definitions. I'm going to read definitions of the ones that I think that we're most unfamiliar with. The ones that I think we're more familiar with, I'm going to skip over them because you're familiar with them. But the ones that are unfamiliar, I'm going to go into those. Do you catch that? All right, here we go. Gift of evangelism. You understand that gift of, these are gifts, right? Supernatural abilities, gift of evangelism, gift of teaching, Gift of prophecy. Let's start on this one for a bit. This for a moment. This gift is the ability to publicly or privately proclaim God's words such that people are convicted, they're consoled, they're encouraged, they're challenged, or strengthened. The next part of it, this is the one we struggle with the most. Another angle also involves knowing and speaking God's mind intuitively as if we're hearing his voice rather than as with the teacher who's deductively from Scripture figuring out alone, right? Scripture is always to check this intuition and the word should be submitted for testing. Again, you need to go. This is the one that's unfamiliar. I'm just kind of giving definition. This is what you're going to pray into this week, okay? Read for yourself. Gift of pastor shepherd. We all understand the shepherding pastor, right? The gift of apostleship. And one of those kind of little screwy for us, unfamiliar, weird. This gift is the ability and calling of God to be sent as a messenger to bring the gospel to the places where it has previously not been acculturated to start something new. Okay? Gift of pastor teacher. Gifts of help and service. I just want to read this one so you can come and help and serve me. This gift is the ability to unselfishly meet the needs of other people through practical service. Maybe either ministering to the person himself or herself or doing things to enable her to be free to do other ministries. The gift of encouragement. I love the encouragers. Gift of giving. Find the coming along financially. A person who gives their time. It's like there's like this, there's just this innate peace inside and it's like they just uh, feel compelled and long to give and God's provided gifts to give. Gift of leadership. We've all been around good leaders. A gift of compassion. Gifts of healing. Second page. These are presumably of various kinds since the gift is described in 1 Corinthians in the plural form. These gifts result in the restoration to wholeness of a person who is physically, emotionally, or spiritually broken so they may serve Christ or as a witness for him. Gifts of miracles. Gifts of miracles. This is another one of those. And I love this. This gift involves an event 
where a physical law is superseded. A physical law is superseded supernaturally in such a way that it's perceived by the senses and draws the observer's consciousness to their relationship with God, their need for God, right? This especially involved exorcisms, casting out of demons in the New Testament. Gift of faith. This gift is the ability to envision with clarity and confidence God's future direction and goals for the body of Christ. It speaks to a supernatural confidence in Jesus in difficult circumstances. You've been around those people, I mean, like the gift of faith flows, and it's like they just, they trust. They just believe that God's going to move, and you're like, it's, it's bigger than mine. And then we celebrate. Why? Because God has moved with a gift of faith and they get to lead us in their faith. It's beautiful, right? We don't think competitive with them. We just celebrate them, what God's doing. The gift of wisdom. You know the gift of wisdom is people who are wise uh, beyond their age, years, and understanding the scripture. Gift of knowledge. This is another one of those kind of ones for me. Having insight into situations. Kind of like the supernatural insight in situations, circumstances, or people's lives that are not gained to the natural mind in which the Spirit discloses truth beyond our personal abilities. Like I've told a story before of being with someone, and this guy looked at her, Rick Bontham, in Brazil, and goes, uh, What happened to you with your father when you were 12 years old? And she lost it because there's this life-altering moment. And within five minutes of praying for her, God had moved and set her free. I'm like, that was awesome, right? Gift of knowledge is this thing that God speaks. Why? Was God loving her powerfully through this? Absolutely. Get the discernment of spirits. Ability. It's important to recognize there are angels, there's Jesus, and there are demons. Okay? I've watched many of them be cast out in my lifetime. It's never enjoyable, but it's always freeing, right? This is the gift, the ability to perceive the motives of others and the sincerity with relationships concerning the body of Christ. In other words, ability to know if something is from God, the demonic source, source if it simply reflects human opinion. Get to the administration. You understand this one. If you're not administrative, you feel the need for it, right? And if you have administration, you're like, oh, I wish they were more administrative. Gift of hospitality. People are just nice. The gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation. The gift of tongues is the ability to speak to God in utterance, not understood by the speaker, unless it is explained by one of the gift of interpretation. Paul said, I wish all of you spoke in tongues as much as I do. I would say the gift of tongues is probably the most misunderstood and possibly the most abused of all the gifts. And so in the upcoming weeks, we're going to spend some time. And here's my, here's my goal. I just want to demystify things that Jesus loves. It's real simple. Let's just demystify and have a conversation about the things that God created and the things that he loves to empower his people to be effective in what he's called them to do. And so would you, I'm just inviting you, would you take some time this week and recognize, number one, God has ministry for you. You are in full-time ministry. I and our staff are not the only people in full-time ministry. It's a great lie of the enemy. The spirit, this quote-unquote laity clergy divide. Like, you know what I mean? Say laity, people who are in the church, clergy who are here who are much smarter and much wiser. Make sure everybody knows it. Man, y'all are all smarter than me in something. That's why I need you. That's why you need me. Because I'm smarter than you in some things. It's beautiful how it works. 
So there's no laity clergy divide in this. We're all in ministry ministering to people. It's not my job to lead someone to Jesus that you bring on Sunday morning. It's Jesus' job to lead your friend to Jesus wherever he wants to lead him to, whether it's here or in your backyard. And so the idea is we're all in ministry. He's enabled you. He says, fantastic, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to empower you and to remind you of everything that Jesus said while he was here on earth to be your advocate and to be here with you and to be Jesus on earth. Because I want to empower you for ministry every day. And so the question we're asking is this. And here, listen to this. Write some of these down, okay? Be honest with yourself. Are you comfortable with the gifts? Like we talk on like everything on the page. Are you comfortable with them? Like that's a great place to start. Like, ah, I should probably be honest about this like poking thing right here with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's just be honest with that. Are you comfortable with the gifts? Do you believe? Listen, just be honest with yourself and with God and say, do I? Steve talks about all of them, but do I actually believe they all exist today? I can just, you're just being honest with yourself. And be honest, are they, are they weird, freaky weird, or are they just unfamiliar? Like, be honest with yourself in that. Or ask this question on my page, but I, just, I feel like this is like, do you think you're a spiritual elite because you believe in all of them and you're better than those who don't? Stop it. Stop it. Die to that. Man, get humble or, be, or you're going to be useless. Paul states, I do not want you to be uninformed. He goes on later in chapter 14. We'll look at upcoming weeks. He starts out and says, the way of the way of love, but eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so somewhere along the way, one of the things we're going to say is this. We're going to bow down before the lordship of Jesus, which simply means this. Oh, yeah, I'm not in control, and you are, so do what you want to do. Bow down to the lordship of Jesus. Say, Father, I'm in ministry. Now I pray that you would awaken the enabling gifts in me. And then I'm going to say, then you've got to step out knowing you're probably going to fail at them. And then keep on doing it. It's so that you can learn. But we start by being honest. This is just to help you. A few things, right? Be, don't be uninformed any longer. Don't be ignorant. Be honest with yourself in this. Here's some definitions to help you and some things to consider in that. I've given you a cheat sheet of what the gifts are. I encourage you to go spend more time. I, I told the interns this morning, the ones you already have a pretty good grasp of, don't focus on those. Please focus on the ones you're most uncomfortable with. Right? You all know that there's no growth apart from discomfort. So get uncomfortable in these and be honest with Jesus and have conversations with people where you're in your conversations completely open to the movement of God's spirit and the voice of Jesus at all times. Okay? All right. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, you're good. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the stories of your movement through Jesus, through all of the disciples. See it in the life of Paul. 
We thank you, Jesus, for the way that you move through prophets and prophetesses. We thank you, Jesus, that you raised up men. We thank you raised up women. We thank you, God, that the prophecy in Joel was fulfilled when Jesus came. Lord, I, and I, just, I pray that what I sense in my spirit this morning, that you would awaken each person like this awakening to first your love for them, your acceptance of them. I pray you'd raise up your conviction. Your good, good fathers always discipline the ones they love. I pray you'd discipline us this morning with great mercy, grace, and compassion. You don't snuff out a smoldering wick. Thank you. But I pray you would bring discipline this morning, God, of where we've walked in pride, where we've walked with control, God, where we've walked with telling people what you think without actually knowing what you do think. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would lay us bare today. And awaken us, God. This is the thing I sense so clearly in my spirit, Lord. Is that you are excited about your spirit's empowerment of our lives. You're excited about really uniting us back as one body. So that we can actually make an impact and change the world. I praise you, Jesus. You don't fear our political system. You don't fear our options of presidents in America. I praise you, Jesus. Psalm 2 says you laugh at the wicked, which means you're in control and in charge, and you have a plan to use your church. Thank you, Jesus. We're not wasting our time and energy. You have plans and purposes to enable us, even in the midst of difficult seasons, God. So we say this morning, I just say as shepherd and pastor over vintage, God is this one minister among hundreds here today. We submit ourselves to you, Jesus. You do in us as you will. And whatever we need you to get out of your way, thank you with grace and compassion. But very pointedly, you will come and speak that. I just pray today, Jesus, for these here, I pray, Father God, that you would surprise them with the clarity in which you speak to them this week in your time with them. I pray, Father, you would speak through the radio. I pray you would speak through television. I pray that you would speak in silence. I pray that you would speak through nature. I pray you would speak through spouses and children. I pray that you would speak through all friends and community around them. Amaze us this week, Jesus pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So ministry teams can come forward. This is our, we're just going to, this is the official end of service, but our ministry teams are here for one simple reason, to love you and to love you as, as well as they can to the power of God's spirit. And so there's anything you need prayer for this morning. There's anything you need Jesus to do. There's anything that you're just asking God for. Would you ask it in the context of family and let them pray for you? Okay. Don't get weird on us. Just like, Hey, I don't know you, but here's what's going on. They're going to love you. So come forward and let's let us pray for you. Communion right here, available every Sunday. Why? Because we believe in the cross. We believe in the resurrection. And we don't just want to remember it, but we want to remember it and allow it to make alive again the fact that the cross happened and is now empty. And God's movement is to love us and to empower us. 
Thank you for your death. Thank you, God, for your for the blood poured out. Thank you for your body broken because you love us and now you've empowered us. Our offering baskets are here. We have an offering box in the back. Just come as the Lord leads. So with that, let's all get prayer. Let's relax before the Lord and let him do his thing this morning. You are officially free to go. I mean, it's only 11, is it 11, like 11, 40, got like 20 minutes for church is really over now. Y'all just stay as long as you want to this morning. Lisa has like 30 songs prepared, right? Yeah, we're good to go. 24 songs. Yeah. So let's just stay this morning if you need to, if you need to go, have a great week. Sign up for all things you need to sign up for, but let's allow God to begin to speak and to move in a supernatural way. Okay. Love you guys. Have a great week.